Shady, this has to be our most controversial episode to date. We may lose some listeners because of it. Today's movie is The Rocky Horror Picture Show versus Shock Treatment. It's movie deja vu. Movie deja vu. everyone welcome to another episode of movie deja vu a podcast that answers the question didn't i see this somewhere from two movie aficionados i'm the brad majors who suggested this episode john and with me is my intergalactic character actor co-host shady uh i am <laughs> am i columbia or am i magenta columbia isn't an alien she's a human oh she came in with Eddie. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you're mid- that's not t- in fairness to me. I've only seen this movie maybe two dozen times. Okay, I'm so happy. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I thought you were going to say this is my second time seeing this movie. I would be like, <laughs> oh, oh John, no. oh John, oh John. <laughs> but yes, we're we're talking about. Oh, I know that nobody really knows about shock treatment and people like to call it a spinoff or not the sequel, but it's equal. But let's be real here. It's a sequel. It's a sequel. The sequel remake. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And that one, this was only my second time watching it. And the first time was many, many years ago. And I was very, very drunk. And I thought that I didn't really remember it. And then I watched it again last night. And I was like, oh, no, this kind of is just how I remember it. So right off the bat, I'm going to tell you, listener, I was the one that was that had um, shock treatment as the special features. And boy, howdy, I found some good ones. I hope you're ready. Because I, I surprised myself with them. I... New, I know Rocky Horror Picture Show. I was in a production of it on Long Island back in 2007. Oh my God, who? We did the Rocky Horror Show, which is the not the shadow cast. It's the actual show show. Right. And I was one of the phantoms, which is what they call the ensemble. Okay. And so up until uh, uh, over at the Frankenstein place, we would sit in the audience and do the shout outs. So... Mm-hmm. I knew I I knew them, and then watching this movie, <laughs> taking notes, I'm just going asshole, slut. <laughs> yeah, my college. Uh, I think it was my senior year. My college did the Rocky Horror Show, and uh, some of my friends were in it. And um, I I I ushered it a couple nights so that I could watch it for free because students had to pay <laughs> to see shows at my school, like because that's capitalism for you um but yeah that was very fun (laughs) so the rocky horror picture show came out in 1975 famously flopped and you know everything the screenplay is by jim Sharman and richard o'brien based off of the original musical because the stage version came out first by richard o'brien directed by jim Sharman. On Rotten Tomatoes, it has an 80% fresh rating 
And on Metacritic, it has 65 out of 100, which I'm not going to lie, Metacritic seems high because I know it bombed. Right. Um, So it came out, this is important, like kind of historical context. It came out at a time where there were not that many film critics. Um, There were, you know, unless it was New York or LA, you had one, maybe two film critics in your city. Um, And most of them were local because this was before like Ebert and Siskel became like, or sorry, Siskel and Ebert, that's how they were branded. (laughs) This is like before they became nationwide names and everything. So those critics, because there were so few of them, did not review every single movie. And the B movies are the types that they kind of just skipped over because What's the point of revealing this? The people who are going to see it are going to see it no matter what. And the people who aren't going to see it aren't going to see it no matter what. So obviously this rating is out of like the anniversaries and all that. Right. Yeah. I was looking at some of these reviews and like some of them are like from 1990. Some of them are from like very recently. But that 65 is out of 10 positive reviews, one mixed review and one negative review. What's the score of the negative review? Uh, the negative one is uh, 30 out of 100, which is That's terrible. That's, I mean, it's not, it's not their cup of tea. Yeah. <laughs> and like, for all we know, that's like somebody who's like, I mean, I'm a contrarian. <laughs> and according to IMDb, a newly engaged couple have a breakdown in an isolated area and must seek shelter at this bizarre residence of Dr. Frank in Footer. <laughs> I think it's important to show where the hyphens are. Yes. Because <laughs> it's Frankenfurter, not Frankenfurter. Right. <laughs> and then the sisterly sequel, going with it. Uh, sister sequel. Sister sequel, Shock Treatment, came out in 1981. It's written by Richard O'Brien and Jim Sharman, directed by Jim Sharman. Okay, now these ratings I, I I agree with because I understand. We're now in the 80s. Rotten Tomatoes has a 57% splat rating and Metacritic has a 36 out of 100. Yeah, and that's actually more mixed than negative. Five of them were mixed. Two of them were negative. No positive reviews. Not surprised. Not surprised. Um, and like, honestly, I think this is one of those movies that falls into that sweet spot for me where like it has such a low rating that I'm like that's an interesting movie that's interesting bad and not boring bad and therefore there's value to it it's true there is a lot of interest with this movie and not a lot of people know about it yeah I'm gonna be perfectly honest I actually really like it and I hope again we this episode comes out before how did this get made gets wind of shock treatment because <laughs> god, my god they well, i don't want to copy them <laughs> <laughs> so but according to imdb janet and brad become contestants on a game show but wind up as captives instead these movies they they dip more than a toe into the absurd so a plot summary is almost useless yes because because the movie is going to forget the plot for half the runtime anyway, because the plot doesn't matter. Famously, this, this is a, a freebie fun fact. I own the DVD of it, Hair Flip, Hair Flip. And 
in one of the special features, Patricia Quinn just goes, I looked at the guy who played Bert and I was just like, do you know what this movie's about? And he just went, nope. And just went on. <laughs> so, <laughs> See, that's interesting. Okay. No, you know what? No, I, I, I totally understand what she means by that. But I actually kind of feel like as far as like the satire and more the the themes and the overtures of the movie shock treatment makes a lot more sense to me than rocky horror to be perfectly honest interesting in in terms of like what it says about society you know ah yeah 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 yeah. not i mean the plot itself is like okay this is happening now okay okay that's what that person's trying to achieve okay great (laughs) oh they're twins great oh Oh, you guys are character actors. Okay. Uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hi, Brad. I've just come to tell you how fabulous I am. You need a bit of shock treatment. Get you jumping like a real life wire. Need a bit of shock treatment. So look out, mister. Don't you blow your last resistor for a fister that'll mystify ya. What? similarity do we begin with um i found a few i did find a few right there, there are a few i'm just curious like where we start exactly because like i don't know the okay, order okay so go in. keep going with what you were talking about as a comparison i labeled it as quote ahead of its time end quote because both movies created something that wasn't really around at the time like right. Rocky Horror created the midnight movies and really created like what cult movies means. Cult movies existed before this. That this movie is like obviously largely inspired by a lot of cult movies. But like the only one I can think of earlier than this that really had like screenings, like where people like got together for like specific screenings of that movie and it was like something of a big deal is like night of the living dead Mm, yes um and that did not have an audience participation aspect to it or dress up or (laughs) right game beforehand yeah i think this this has to be the first movie with like a shadow cast right i want to say yes i'm not aware of an earlier one this is definitely the one that like popularized that like entire concept and then shock treatment also has that too I think there's also scripts where you're supposed to throw things out. I know that there's a con that people dress up as characters and recreate the choreography. Amazing. Shock treatment at the time, though they call it a game show, they were really like predicting reality television. They were. If you and think like about it. I was watching I was rewatching one of the clips on YouTube and I was just like sort of skimming through the comments real quick and somebody said something that I was like oh that's a good point and I probably should have remembered that YouTube user's name to give them credit for this but they were like you know this kind of predicted how Instagram and TikTok celebrities are now yeah oh this is real TikTok stuff and they also created the reality TV star yeah Like what you see from, I mean, that's still going on, which is like the challenge from MTV. 
Mm-hmm. That those reality TV stars, they were on the real world like 75 million years ago. <laughs> oh, they're doing a, another reunion season of the original real world cast. I saw that. And they're that. all like in their 50s now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, oh, or 40s. I don't know how old they actually are. They're an age that's not they're, 20. They're, they're too old to be like doing reality TV on MTV. <laughs> it's fine. It's totally fine. But like, right. yeah, they, these, uh, at least Rocky Horror, like, created a new, mm, redefined the, I want how would you say, how about redefined the, um, the theatrical experience? Yes, because like, I, I don't think people were even dressing up for Star Wars, which happened like the year before it, right? Yeah. Star Wars was 74. This was 75. Star Wars was 77. I lied. I lied. <laughs> I, and we did that. We did that so many episodes ago. <laughs> Fuck. So like, yeah, people weren't really dressing up for theater to go to the movie theater. Right. Because as years went on, you have the shadow cast and you have the show as well, where people dress up like Tim Curry as Dr. Frank Furter. I'm not going <laughs> to let that go. I'm not. Please don't. It's delightful. But in terms of, like, the movie itself, I feel like the character of Janet has some sort of awakening in both movies. Yes. She has her sexual awakening in Rocky Horror. Duh. <laughs> she or Her and Brad both orgasm for the first time. And that is really the only well, way their life is improved. Now I have a question for you. It, did Brad lose his virginity? Yeah. He doesn't yeah. say it. Yeah, I always thought he did. He has a song in the show, show, in the Rocky yes. show. Once in a while. Uh-huh. Um, I just which, always assumed it happened in the movie. I guess now that you say it, it's not explicit. Well, we can amend it by saying he had his first gay experience. Yeah. Because that's some that's that's a different orgasm as well. That's true. <laughs> but like I just don't believe either of them had ever orgasmed before that night. Well that that's the there's so many questions to go along with it because they met in high school in Dr. Scott's class with mm-hmm. Ralph and Betty half shit. Um sorry, half shat. Uh half Um that was another thing too. Like <laughs> Ralph and Betty half shit. <laughs> <laughs> but like with their mirrored scenes uh when frank comes in to like fuck with them and then literally fuck them yeah brad never says uh this is my first time janet does oh you're right so for brad it'll be his first time with a man mm-hmm. but with janet i think it's a first time period brad has to like learn how to communicate with his woman but then brad is not in shock treatment really at all (laughs) and in that one kind of a prop yeah and in that one janet becomes the reality tiktok influencer whatever yeah she's she's your yeah she's your your charlie d'amelio if you want or i don't know i'm trying to think of like a tiktok star i'm an old person um there's so many. I guess she's kind of like a Kardashian too, though. Ooh, yeah. But she can sing? 
uh, it's Jessica Harper. I did forget that it was Jessica Harper in this movie because now that I think oh, about so it, the you. first time I saw it must have been before I ever saw Suspiria. Ah. And it definitely before I ever saw Phantom of the uh, Paradise. And like, oh my gosh, she wasn't that. Yeah. Yeah. She's great. Watch that. Oh, John, that's a great movie. You do need to rewatch it. We need to do that on this podcast. It, I think it's planned somewhere in the in the future, but we're gonna. Oh yeah, Let, let's get let's say this right now. Um, I, I said it on some of our social media. We are now doing bi-weekly, and then Shady and I are going to revamp our future episodes. So be on the lookout. Yeah. And by bi-weekly, I mean bi-monthly. I don't know what I said. <laughs> every other week, not twice a week. Yes, every other <laughs> week. <laughs> <laughs> So, but back to the movies, back to the movies at hand. Yes. In both movies, Richard O'Brien and Patricia Quinn play incestuous siblings. Yes. I do have, for special features, I have one thing that I hope you don't know about Rocky okay. Horror already. Okay, I'll, tr- I'll try. If not, I'll pretend. Okay, can I just say, though? <laughs> you don't have to pretend. Can I just say, though, for shock treatment... Writing it down with my notes, I kept wanting to write Cosmo and Wanda. <laughs> and I know her name is not Wanda, but like because of the fairly odd parents. Yeah. So, Sorry, that was extremely funny to me. So wait, now that now that I think about it, though, are they really siblings in stock treatment? There's we don't know because they're character actors. Right. And that's that the might be thing. their character their characters but they but like if they are siblings they're definitely like boinking each other oh yeah no that's like they're not acting there speaking of cosmo uh uh, of richard o'brien and patricia quinn they're involved in a dark secret where in the first one they're aliens right from the planet transsexual in the galaxy transylvania (laughs) and then in shock treatment uh their character their character actors and i feel like also what the fuck is her name little nell little nell and uh, ricky are probably also character actors yeah ansalong that's her name nurse ansalong right (laughs) they say it once i think (laughs) I have a few more points that are similarities, which I was surprised that there were more than I thought. There's a chorus in each. Mm-hmm. The Transylvanians and the studio audience. The difference, though, is that the Transylvanians at one point just, like, disappear. Yeah. Yeah, they're there and then they're not there. And the studio audience is there until the end. And they sort of function as, like, a Greek chorus for, throughout the movie. Yeah, yeah, they're they're the ensemble. They're there to like fill out the world a little bit more, and then yeah. also, like you said, the Greek chorus. Yeah, and and they um, help sort of show like the progress with like Janet's popularity and everything, and how like obsessive they become and how it changes them. And also for Rocky Horror, I think it's to like add interest because like there's red and black and everything, and they're there in like these tuxedos with part with color and Mm -hmm. wearing funky sunglasses and you're just like what the fuck is going on yeah and they're wearing like party hats and shit like it's new year's (laughs) they're fun Uh, 
Another one that I found that it was super easy is that Brad and Janet survived the whole ordeal in both movies. Yep. Um, and then they both have original music, although not the same number of songs. Mm. Rocky Horror has one more song in the movie than Shock Treatment. Mm. God damn you, that one reprise. If it wasn't there, you would have... Well, yeah, and then if if they added in the two cut songs, it's clearly not going to be the same. <laughs> I miss those songs, though. Oh, are you talking about superheroes? Superheroes and once in a while. And Where once in a while. once in a while, it's a pretty good song. It gives you a little bit more into Brad's psyche. Yeah, yeah, su- Brad does feel, especially considering in a uh, shock treatment he is largely used as a prop he doesn't feel as shortchanged because it doesn't feel like he is supposed to be a larger character but in rocky horror it does feel like he's shortchanged because it feels like he should be as big a character as janet yeah because like the movie comes out after counterculture with the hippies and a sexual awakening and all that and that and th- that's what happens in this movie that it's all about sex and love and it challenges the audience with a lot of their dialogue, like having Tim Curry portray a man dressed in women's clothing, mm-hmm. marrying this hunky, hunky man. Mm-hmm. But um, there's also like a suggested history with him and Columbia. With him and Columbia, him and Meatloaf, him right. and Meatloaf and Brad and columbia like everyone's hooking up with everyone and poor yeah. riffraff i think just wanted to get his dick sucked uh because at the end when he's like they didn't like me they never liked me did nobody like big spoon him at least like Aww. besides magenta come on he's only getting sister loving Oh. and that's that's just not a, that's not healthy for a growing boy <laughs> no their relationship's not healthy by any means <laughs> <No>. <laughs> not at all yeah do you have any other similarities that you found i mean those those ones were pretty like on the surface yeah i didn't really dig, really dig that deep because shock treatment is just is just fun and very problematic <laughs> frank isn't exactly the good guy in rocky horror either and like, I think that's like where like some of the, for me, as much as I love it, I think a lot of the messaging gets a little confused because it's like, yeah, but the people who are counterculture in this movie are also the bad guys and mm. they make people's lives worse as much as like, you know, they give them a sexual awakening and everything. But like, you know, it's like one of those, you don't, don't think about it too hard. Just enjoy it <laughs> because you start thinking about it too hard. And then you're like, wait a minute. Richard O'Brien, why did you make this movie? Um, why did you make the show first? Why, why did you make this show? Well, yeah. <laughs> I feel like the show made sense because I think it came out like right at the end of Vietnam. And so um, there was still counterculture going on. Oh, I mean, counterculture is always going on too. It's not just... Um, well, I meant the more so like the hippie movement. Right. Still okay. Happening. Right. Oh yeah. And the it, oh yeah, that was going on well into the seventies, well after this movie came out. So it made sense, but like there's some things that it's just like with twenty twenty one brain, you're like, ooh. Right. right. And it, it it is so much like, you know, you talk to trans people and their experience with this movie, and it's a, a lot of, oh, it was so great to see 
Tim Curry in as a character that in some way represented me and I could, you know, see myself reflected in. And then other people, you know, who are like, you know, that's great to see that, but also he's the bad guy in the movie and it ends with him dying. And, you know, that's a whole thing in movies with uh, trans characters. <laughs> so like, it is like, it's very complicated and messy, which is fine because life itself is complicated and messy. And yes. there's no one way to look at anything. And then but, shock treatment stuff happens. <laughs> but like shock treatment, there's still like like that song, Thank God I'm a Man, uh, which is fucking hilarious. But also like, wow, yeah, this is. Well, even, <laughs> even like in Denton, Denton, USA, they have a line that's like right at the beginning of the song. And I'm just like, really, guys? <laughs> But like, that's why I think like it's satirical edge is a little bit sharper. So like the intention of those songs is a lot clearer. I, I mean, for me anyway, I feel like it's a lot clearer that like, no, this is all tongue in cheek. This is not meant to be a celebration of conformity whatsoever. This is showing the underbelly, like the dark underbelly of conformity. Like, you literally have the people who leave because everyone went into this maze to wear straitjackets. Yeah. So I wrote down, though, a difference between the two of them is that Rocky Horror is commenting on sex while Shock Treatment is commenting on consumerism. Is that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, I totally agree with that. Especially that one scene where Janet is seeing her parents And it's very Truman Show-esque where they walk by the coffee filter and you hear underneath uh, this disembodied voice just being like, gotta make coffee with Mr. Coffee, Mr. Coffee, available at any store, he's the best coffee maker ever. And then you move on. Okay, I agree with the filmmakers. It was ahead of its time. (laughs) (laughs) I, I also really like the song Bitchin' in the Kitchen, which Janet and Brad sing before that. And I thought it was like so clever the way they like filled in these like little commercial clips. And like, that's what each new line of the song is, is like, it starts with that product and then goes into their relationship. And it's like, it was such an odd song. And I, I, care. I fucking it. love it. Oh, it's such a great song. I, I haven't watched this movie in like a while so I'm very surprised that I picked I, I picked them as, as these two movies. But after watching it, I was just like, I need to visit this movie more. Mm-hmm. I can't forgive it for some of the writing and lyrics. I know it's of its time, but like, right. But I'm still I- a man is like not the best song ever. And then even that, like I said, that one line in Denton, USA, which is the second line of the song, which I will not repeat. <laughs> is not the best line and it's like Richard O'Brien you could have come up with a different rhyming scheme for (laughs) yeah but it's also like I don't think you're supposed to agree with those songs either like as the audience that's supposed to be like over the top machismo like this is stupid that people view manliness this way (laughs) that this is how you view manhood well, that, but then the, the other, the other song that I, I will not talk about, <laughs> the line, I still feel like though, that one line, if you literally just rewrite it, it'll be great. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can still have the weird Stepfordness that's going on mm-hmm. without saying it that way. Okay. Yeah. 
Do you know which line I'm talking about? Do I, I have know to exactly say? because it stood out to me as well. Okay. Okay. Good. And I was like, huh, 1981. Okay. <laughs> so I wrote down that like Rocky Horror was inspired by 50s B movies. Yeah. I couldn't really think of anything that inspired shock treatment. I don't, I don't think you it still get that with like the the scientists or the doctors and everything you get like some of that but like in terms of genre e film i feel like it was science right. fictiony but like not right it wasn't as well defined as rocky horror right there was a <laughs> yeah i mean i i because I, I kept thinking about like you know one flew over the cuckoo's nest um nest um let me add the t to the end of that word (laughs) Um, it did kind of remind me a bit of a few and I don't know if that was actually the intent or if it's just something I wrote into it myself but like I I could see like some like inspiration from or some influence of like 70s like thrillers okay like a a lot of new Hollywood type thrillers that delved a little bit more into like the psyche of like the anti-hero and stuff. You know, there's a little bit of taxi driver in there. I think there's a little bit of, you know, nurse ratchet is, I mean, anytime there was an evil nurse, I'm going to think about one flew over the cuckoo's nest, but like, it feels like there's very much that kind of influence in there. I don't know if that was like just me either though, because like, those are a lot of movies that I watch a lot. Right. So anything that's like even close to them, I'm like, that's, you know, one of the these new Hollywood movies. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it was, if there was like a little bit of Psycho, a little bit of the, a little bit of this and that, but like it was so hodgepodge right. that it felt like there was just too much in this movie. Yeah. And it was also like, it was all set in the TV station and everything. So it's, and it's not like network and network is the only other movie that I could think of in that era that like also takes place largely in a TV studio. They did that in terms of convenience and budget. Uh, from what I found out. So <laughs> great. They weren't, they, the, they weren't making commentary on it on purpose. You know what? Sometimes you make commentary by accident and that's okay. It's still valid. <laughs> Um, I will say though that in terms of Brad and Janet in both movies, in the first one, they're accidentally thrusted on this occasion. Mm-hmm. Like I I don't think it was I So right? I have always wondered, was there a trap outside the castle that was going to blow someone's tire out? But like it was it wasn't like the sequel where Brad and Janet were targeted, is more so the point that I'm trying oh, to make. Oh, okay, right. Because like because anybody could have gotten that flat tire. Anyone could have gotten that flat tire. Anyone could have been stripped. You and I could have. It could have been you and I for all we know. Oh my God, that would have been so fun. God, we would have had so much fun. Yeah. I'd be like, hey, hey, can I tell you though? It's interesting that uh, th- this was one of my spe- special features that I'm just going to say right now because I have too many. Um, <laughs> it was great that like they brought characters back. Well, all but two of them play different characters. Mm-hmm. Like Jeremy Newson is like the only one that returns as Ralph Hapshat. Oh, okay. Betty is Betty is a different actress, but like Richard O'Brien, Patricia Quinn, Nell Campbell, Charles Gray, Imogen Cl- and Imogen Clare are the only ones that are from both movies. 
Mm-hmm. And Imogen Clare was a Transylvanian in the original. And then in Shock Treatment, she plays the uh, wardrobe lady that you see around. No lines. <laughs> Amazing. You see her face. Amazing. Because I watch these movies like kind of back to back. Did you do that as well? I watched Shock Treatment last night and I watched Rocky Horror this afternoon. So I actually watched them in reverse order. But right, very, but I mean, you see them still to back to close to each other. Yeah. You watch, you watch Rocky Horror and there's one Transylvanian who I swear I thought it was Bert and it's not Bert. Because you look at him and you're like, you have the same makeup. You have the same this. It's not him. Mm. So it's very it's very interesting that they that obviously Richard O'Brien used him, Patricia Quinn and, and Nell Campbell to come back, but then also they were like, "Oh, hey, other people that we liked." Yeah, that is interesting. I know exactly which Transylvanian you're talking about because I assumed that even if it wasn't necessarily the same actor, like that's clearly they wanted to make him look like a Transylvanian so they just like modeled him directly off of one which I mean they had the same costume designer so obviously she knew what she was doing right but in terms of these movies I feel like Rocky Horror okay it's a little late recording this my brain's not working I want to say story is story the word I want to use where the story of Rocky Horror is a little more straightforward and the story of shock treatment is just like all over the place yes yeah i mean yeah that that would work for story or plot really because i agree well because at least with rocky horror it yes it's a little weird right you, you can follow it from point a to point b to point c the character motivations make sense and like you can see why their goals change throughout the movie you can see what gets them to do certain actions throughout the movie and it's just sort of like the weird things that happen is like oh because transylvanians are weird right and in shock treatment though farley isn't really named until halfway through the movie because you watch this like weird unnamed guy basically like jerk off and come in his <laughs> i'm so sorry <laughs> but what uh in in me of me or something he is making these faces and noises that i'm just like are you having an orgasm good sir no i agree but like he's not named for a while and then there's characters who have names that don't come back or like nelly pritt if i say that name do you know who she is no She's apparently, she plays the woman documentarian who know Brad and Janet. Oh, okay. Right? And then even the kids aren't named until the end and you're just like, I don't fucking care. Yeah. (laughs) Oscar drill in the bits. Jesus Christ. (laughs) And then really the only other difference is that I found is that people are straight up murdered in Rocky Horror. Mm -hmm. Uh, No one really dies in shock treatment. Yeah, they get they get committed they get committed and drugged up yeah (laughs) there's so much drugs on that movie yeah (laughs) i told you shady this was going to be the shortest conversation we probably had because like yeah there you go tangent palooza is there anything else that you want to like go on a tangent on uh jessica harper is so great although is she your janet of choice 
it feels like Janet's a very different character in both movies. Right, yeah. And even Brad, because Barry Bostwick played him and he was written to be a little more like straightforward and he's the one that's like all right we gotta go to this house because the car broke down we gotta use the phone and he was very forthcoming in shock treatment he's a little more passive yeah yeah he's very much kind of like the the put upon husband poor cliff de young (laughs) it very much feels like Yeah, exactly what you just said. In the first one, Brad is the active one. And at least to begin with, he's the active one. And Janet's the passive one in Rocky Horror. And then in Shock Treatment, right from the beginning, those roles are swapped. I guess once they got married, that's what happened. (laughs) You know what? Yeah. (laughs) But it's also like Janet, even as she is like, quote unquote, corrupted throughout Rocky Horror, she's still like such an ingenue the whole time. And in shock treatment she's you know she starts off she's a nice enough woman but she she didn't even strike me as an ingenue in the beginning of shock treatment she was like clearly like a woman who was a little more worldly mm-hmm. and yeah, worldly that's the word yeah <laughs> i mean she spends most of the movie in like femme fatale mode right even that one dress that the mom made that is cultural appropriation but whatever um (laughs) it was very in at the time it was very in at the time she looked femme fatale are they going for noir but like not they didn't really hit it oh maybe now that you say femme fatale it makes me wonder Hmm. because like you got the twist of the the twin brother and right far um not far i always want to call him farley I always want to call Bert Farley because that feel yeah. like that's his name. Bert is not blind, which Bert I think is also a Nazi. Just like Dr. Scott. What? what? <laughs> <laughs> but to uh, answer your question real quick, uh, I would say both of them are my Janet of choice because they're different Janets altogether. Special episode 34 and as you know we each take a movie to do further research in the hopes of finding some fun trivia to nerd out with each other and with you as i said at the top shady has rocky or a picture show and i had shock treatment which i've gave you some nuggets but i i saved the best for last so shady why don't you start with rocky horror picture show since it came out first okay so i'm gonna start with not surprising John at all. Some of this is new information for me, and I'm sure John knows it. <laughs> You're right ahead. I mean, you never know. I, as much as I know, there's stuff I probably still don't know, so. Okay. All right. Well, I'll start with the one thing that surprised me the most was uh, that Patricia Quinn apparently genuinely feels that there is nothing incestuous between Magenta and Riff Raff. That's and new for me. <laughs> she really thinks that they have... Uh, just a very touchy-feely brother-sister relationship, but like nothing untoward. Richard O'Brien does not agree. <laughs> it's very interesting to me uh, when two actors have very different ideas about their characters' relationships with each other, just because I would think as an actor, that's something I'd want to work out with my co-stars. <laughs> Especially if you're playing 
alien siblings. Like, who knows what Transylvania is like? Right. It's probably, it might be totally normal. Or the, sorry, transsexual is like. Yeah. So that was the one that like really surprised me was that she really thinks like, no, people just think that because of the way they move and touch each other, but they're just brother and sister. <laughs> um, however, you know, shock treatment, it's explicit. They gotta be. If they are brother and sister, they're in, they're sexing. There's the song Lullaby where they're going to bed with each other. Like, come and on. She's like in sexy lingerie and everything. And so is he. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what famous actor that we have talked about on this uh, podcast before was originally offered the role of the criminologist? Donald Faison? (laughs) 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 Sorry, I had to. I had to. You pulled that out so fast. Why did you do that? How did you do that? Because Donald Faison's always at the front of my brain. I want to say Alec Guinness. Yes. That that was just a guess though because you did you did lead me to water with that one. That's true. I guess how many 70s movies have we spoken about? Well, one in 1977 called Star Wars. <laughs> exactly. So Richard O'Brien wrote the Rocky Horror show while he was a struggling actor in I believe London. He was based in London and he wrote this as just kind of like a fun thing between gigs to like help him like feel a little creative and, you know, fill out his time. And I don't think he ever could have foreseen what happened with this. Like what a phenomenon it really turned into. I did read about apparently this is how the audience participation started uh, was during one screening of this movie because it was never like a thing that like they encouraged people to do necessarily. I don't think it's a thing they had ever even considered people could do. But apparently at one screening of this movie, uh, when they're singing over at the Frankenstein place and Susan Sarandon holds the newspaper over her head to protect herself from the rain, some guy in the audience just shouted out, buy an umbrella, you cheap bitch. (laughs) (laughs) And everybody started laughing and it somehow just became a thing that caught on and people started shouting stuff at the screen and it just kind of built into this uncontrollable thing. I think the lore is that people were wasted at this and then just let the guard down and things just started spewing. Cards for sorrow, cards for pain. Okay, so here's, here's one. So Ryan Hinwood, who played Rocky, he's an antique dealer now. He's got an antique store. There was like a rumor for a while that he was like completely ashamed of this movie and never wanted to talk about it. And that's apparently not true. He has said that he's not ashamed of the movie whatsoever. He's ashamed of his performance because he was not a professional actor and he didn't think that his performance was really good. But there was a rumor that he would kick people out of his antique store if uh, they ever brought the movie up. And that's not true at all. And I don't really know how that rumor started. Wait, weren't they all ashamed of it, though, at some point? Like, they all denied being in it at first until it became popular, and then they're like, oh, no, I totally was in this movie, yeah. I mean, that probably happened, but that's like, you know, Tommy Wiseau 
thought that he made a very serious drama until he realized people were laughing at his movie and he was like no haha i make dark comedy (laughs) it's funny on purpose i promise haha like tim curry didn't like talking about the movie for a while and i think people kind of built up this idea that like oh it's because he's ashamed of it and it wasn't that it was that he was afraid of only ever being seen as Frank Porter. <laughs> I don't I didn't do it as good as you. I, mean, I could I could see that. And you know, he is like a really great character actor. He can play all sorts of roles and we've seen that. But he's obviously proud of it now. He showed up in the <sighs> remake live musical on TV so that I did not watch and I don't think I ever will. <laughs> don't save yourself. Just <laughs> okay, don't you. watch it was it was awful (laughs) and then the other actor who people probably think is ashamed of this movie because she doesn't talk about it a lot is susan sarandon but she is very proud of the movie she does not talk about it because the thing she's not proud of is that none of the actors get any royalties from dvd sales Mm, different time yeah different time they did not have that in their contract and uh, not a thing VHS wasn't even a thing, really. No, it was only screenings back then. And so she doesn't like that so many actors who worked on the movie. And and it's not even like because of herself. She has plenty of money. But for example, all of the Transylvanians don't get any money from DVD sales. So that's why she doesn't like talking about it. Our little activist. Yeah, I love her. I do love her. She was was so good at that. Yeah. Um, My turn? yeah 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 i don't have any like things that you're not gonna know because i could talk about like who was in the original london cast of the show but you know that wasn't tim curry actually in the original london yeah. cast? yeah it was largely the same cast uh the studio just really wanted two american actors for brad and janet so those were the big cast changes yeah because like obviously patricia quinn is now richard o'brien's bestie right because she was in shock treatment. Ooh. First fun fact is that this movie was a bigger financial flop at the box office than Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> Wait, do you know what the budget was for it? Because Rocky nice. Horror was all of a million and a half dollars. And boy, does it show. I feel like because of the Midnight Movies success, mm-hmm. they got a um, bigger but Yeah. Budget was about $3.5 million. Okay. I actually lied. Uh, I misread my own note. It was not one and a half million for Rocky Horror. It was 1.2 million. But like 1970 standards, that's still a fuck ton of money. No, it's not. For a movie, that is not a lot of money, even in 1970s. Well, Richard O'Brien dislikes this film due to the confusing plot as a result of its many rewrites. He does praise the music and the fact that it foretold reality TV by two decades. So, yay! Get your noisemakers out for that one. (laughs) Uh, A tie-in promotional television show publicizing the movie was entitled The Rocky Horror Treatment. It was a TV documentary about the cult status of the Rocky Horror Picture Show and the making of Shock Treatment, which if you get the DVD of Shock Treatment, there's something like that, but obviously it's done years later where you have the creators and and some of the actors talk about it um, 
Like I said, Patricia Quinn did not know what the fuck was going on. Finally, this was not the original intent of the sequel. Richard O'Brien did write sequels to uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Mm -hmm. The first sequel, Shock Treatment, was originally called Rocky Horror Shows His Heels. Oh. And from IMDb and from the wicked uh the rocky horror wiki this is what it's about uh one working idea was that frank infritter was going to come back from the dead and travel to denton to find out janet was pregnant with his child brad and dr scott were supposed to have become lovers and discovered a way to revive frank using virgin blood when he returns to denton Frank attempts to convert the entire town into a new cult of Transylvanians and Riff Raff and Magenta were to return to kidnap the child and destroy Frank once more. The idea was dropped when Tim Curry declined to participate. Also, they wrote, I think they actually wrote that script with a lot of the songs that are in uh, Shock Treatment Hmm. um, that are then, were then reworked. There's a full plot breakdown that goes into further detail about everything. If you look on the Rocky Horror Wikipedia, well, Rocky Horror Wiki. So that one up the ante of like the, with the homosexual undertones. And then there's another one called Revenge of the Old Queen, which I have the script of it. You can find it online. It ignores the events in Rocky Horror Shows His Heels, basically. Um, And it's 15 years after Rocky Horror Picture Show, Magenta has been mysteriously murdered. (gasps) General Riff Raff is ordered by the old queen to bring back Frank, her son, due to rule. FBI agent Steve Majors realized the Rocky Horror Picture Show is real and happened to his brother. He and fellow agent Judy Brankmeyer travel to Fresno to investigate the Transylvanians who are still on Earth. The script can be found online and there are 10 songs in that version. And that was my little like breakdown from the Rocky Horror Wiki. Mm -hmm. And then... (laughs) In 2001, I want to say, Richard O'Brien was working on a sequel to the stage version of the Rocky Horror Show that the fans called Rocky Horror The Second Coming. And it would incorporate elements of Rocky Horror Shows His Heels and Revenge of the Old Queen. And there was a song leaked that I haven't heard yet called Frankie Phoenix. Grain of salt, because this is Rocky Wikipedia, Rocky Horror Wiki. But it's interesting that if you go on to Rocky Horror Shows His Heels, they tell you what songs from that translated to um, shock treatment. For example, Thank God I'm a Man is Brad's dad being alarmed to find out that Brad is a homosexual. So it kind of makes sense. Yeah. And that's all I found. I mean, yeah. there was, there's more probably. That's interesting. I kind of, I want to read that script now. You can find it online. It's, Great. All you really have to do is type in Revenge of the Old Queen. Okay. Script. Um, I also need to correct myself again. I think I said Ryan Hinwood. 
uh, was the actor who played Rocky, and I was wrong. I don't know where I got Ryan from. It's Peter Hinwood. Peter Hinwood. Okay. <laughs> so I'm putting that out there because somebody will definitely not be too pleased that I got that wrong. <laughs> I mean, they won't be pleased that we that we're doing this whole episode to begin with, right. probably. Yeah, I like did not even look at my notes for that. I was like, oh no, I remember his name inside my head. And I don't know where I pulled Ryan from. I really don't. That's fine. No one fact checks us anyway. So whatever. <laughs> right, uh, Frank, Frank Footer is played by Tom Curry. Like <laughs> Tom Brady? He Tom played, Brady. He was yeah. in Rocky Horror? Totally. Yeah. Yeah, he was in the he was in the original stage production back in the 70s. Oh, okay. Um yeah. Uh <laughs> Let's get to final thoughts. Let's do it. Uh, at the end of every episode, we ask the same five questions, but I think I'm going to add another one because of because of the other podcast I do, which I'll plug later. Oh, um, but first and foremost, can you think of any other movies like these? These two, like other movies that like feature Janet Weiss and Brad Majors as the main character. <laughs> Well, okay, so in tone, right? I wrote down Reefer Madness. Yeah, yeah, I see Reefer Madness. And then even, I know Zombie Prom technically doesn't have a feature-length film, but the 20-minute movie that you can find on YouTube starring RuPaul, and then if you can find the full show, you'll understand. I feel like has a similar vibe with both Uh, of these. Have you seen Psycho Beach Party? I feel like I have, but I'll rewatch it. I've, okay. I, I've been, yeah. Because that's, you know, it's it's inspired by a very specific subgenre of films. Um, the beach. From, you're right, the beach party movies. And specifically, uh, it, it's specifically Gidget, but then, you know, it brings in the beach party movies and other surf movies and stuff like that. And, you know, it's got a young Amy Adams in there. And it's characters who are actors dressed in drag. and Isn't it a musical as well? It is a musical as well. Yeah, baby. And yeah. Did we like these movies? Yes. I mean, I... Thumbs up. I know we... I know... I know um, Shock Treatment has problematic moments. Some of it is commentary and some of it is a product of its time. I mean, there's only so much we can do before we have to cancel basically everything. Right. No, it's, there's nothing wrong with liking problematic things. It's just knowing that it's problematic. You just have to apply critical thought to it. That's all. Um, Very much enjoy both of these movies. Would we watch them again? Yeah. Would we watch them again? Yes. Would we recommend them? Everyone should watch these movies. Everyone should. I'm sorry. If you have not seen Rocky Horror by this point, what yeah. is wrong with you? I can understand shock treatment because not everyone knows that exists. Right. But if you've, you if you've not seen Rocky Horror at this point, you better be an infant. <laughs> no, like honestly, I don't even care if you like these movies. I I do know people who like have given Rocky Horror an honest shot and were really like, you know, it doesn't appeal to me. And that's fine. You should watch it though. Give I'm it gonna shot. I'm gonna and- recommend though that you not watch it with me. If this is your first time watching it, do not watch it with me. I'm going to recommend that you do not admit it's your first viewing if you go to a screening with a shadow cast and everything. If you really, really have stage fright, do not admit it's your first time. Last question out of the original bunch. 
are they actually the same? You know, a lot of the times we answer this question with, it feels like they're in the same book. Yeah. Just like a different chapter. So I'm going to say that. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to. I'm just gonna say they're two entirely different movies altogether. You do follow Brad and Janet and the Hapshats, so like it makes sense that it's like a continuation. It's it's like a third season. There's a second season that's missing in between <laughs> these yeah. two, but yeah, I feel like it's the same book. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that Brad and Janet in shock at the beginning of Shock Treatment is who the Brad and Janet from the end of Rocky Horror would go on to be. I mean, they I, are tormented and and a house did fly away. <laughs> <laughs> right. I just, I don't know. They really feel like entirely different characters who just happen to have the same names to me. Okay. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to disagree. We're going to disagree in this one. I'm That's fine. Say you know, it's, it's been a while since we've had a disagreement. Yeah. And yeah. this time we're civil about it. <laughs> yeah. No, I really think the similarities with these movies are largely that they are countercultural um, mm-hmm. and that they had extremely low budgets. Right. <laughs> and uh, they definitely like have very absurdist influences. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But I, I, I'm going to say they're different. If Shock Treatment had a stage version yes. out of the Rocky Horror Show and Shock Treatment, who would you want to play? And it could be anyone. My favorite character to dress as has always been Magenta because, A, it's super easy for me. I could see you be her, totally. Yeah. And, like, she doesn't say too much and everything she says is with a very flat tone. And that's fun for me to do. I see y'all. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, uh, but it would be fun to be the Jessica Harper Janet. You know what? You can have both. How's that? Okay. So like I can't sing like Jessica Harper, but it would just be fun to get to be like sort of the proto Kendall Jenner that she is. All right. So for my Rocky Horror choice, yeah. I'm gonna pick usually how it's done on stage is that if you're Eddie, you play Dr. Scott. So Mm -hmm. I'm gonna do that. Just because you get Hoppatootie, and then you get to sing Eddie's Teddy, and then you get to sit in a wheelchair and have heels on, but not really walk, and it's great. Um, and <laughs> then Hoppatootie is my favorite song out of both of these movies. Fucking wail it! Like <laughs> it's so fun. It's so fun to dance to. And then in a similar aspect, uh, I'm gonna take Cosmo McKinley in shock treatment because i want to wail shock treatment the title yeah. the titular song oh i want to hear you do it now i'll do it afterwards so this way okay. we don't we, this way i don't have to edit around it huh <laughs> <laughs> uh but we've come to the end shady amazing if you if you want me to sing uh the titular song to shock treatment you can message me at uh on twitter at movies john and you know uh if you offer me money i'll definitely do it (laughs) shady where can people find you yeah you can find me um and uh tell me that i don't know that you also like hot patootie (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't know what to say. Uh, you can find me at Cookie O'Shady on the Twitter. Yeah, that's basically it. That's Do you know what cookie you are today? Yeah, well, after watching these movies, I'm feeling a little bit nutty. So I'm a macadamia nut cookie. <laughs> and then obviously... Um, I want to also plug, I have a, the that second podcast, Life's But a Song, which I am surprised that I did the, I did these two on here first. So <laughs> if anyone wants to come on and do like a deep analysis uh, of either of these movies, please. Shady, I won't make you watch them. I mean, I know you liked watching them, but I won't make yeah. you talk about them again no, in that's a okay. podcast for, forum. I would actually maybe love to do like an analysis of shock treatment just on its own because having watched it for the first time ever sober I was something yeah and I was like wow there's stuff happening in this movie that I really want to talk about but I don't know how I would not do Rocky Horror because there are so many people who are way more knowledgeable about it than me I've only seen it two dozen actually okay let me think about it who knows but like um, I've I've only seen Rocky Horror two dozen times, um, and many people have seen it like hundreds of times. Right. So I'm like on the lower end of being a Rocky Horror fan. I was in it, so I have a leg <laughs> up. Hey yo! And if you want to like give us your thoughts and feelings on these movies, or you know what, I'm gonna here's a question for you. Okay. How sacrilege would it be to remake Rocky Horror and then do the two other sequels that I mentioned? Would that be sacrilegious? I think it would not be if you got the blessing of Richard O'Brien and Tim Curry. But, oh, of course. I mean, obviously Richard O'Brien, I'd have to be like, hey, you okay. want to be on board with this? Right, yeah. Hey, this thing you created and you own, I'm going to do it. Is that okay? Yeah. <laughs> I want to do it. I want to do it, but I want to do it right. Is this yeah. okay? Okay. But um, like, I, I do think you also need to like have Tim Curry's blessing as well, because let's face it, this movie is built around his performance. Well, if you're Tim Curry and you do give your blessing, you can let us know at moviedejavupod at gmail.com that is m-o-v-i-e-d-e-j-a-v-u-p-o-d at gmail.com if you want to help out with proposing this to Richard O'Brien and to Tim Curry please reach out to us too at that email or on Facebook, Instagram and Instagram at moviedejavupod or on Twitter at moviedejavu no pod because why Shady? Because it went back to Transylvania. Ayo! <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to be part of the our next episode, we're going to be talking about the Pitch Perfect franchise. We've got a guest coming on. It's going to be great. I'm excited. Yes. So, Shady, it's all over. No, that's bad. <laughs> And superhero. And superhero. <laughs> We're doing you the need a little song, baby. Ooh, shock treatment. Ha! What a great song. So, my favorite. Uh, this is all whatever. I really <laughs> like Jessica Harper at the end of Bitchin' in the Kitchen, where she's just like, Bitchin' uh, in the Kitchen. Tell me, spectator, why are we always in a real radio? 
kitchen, in the kitchen, all crying at the the butter pop pop. Lyrics are hard right now. Crying in the bathroom at or crying in the bedroom at night. At night. Shady, I think Dr. Cosmo and Dr. Nation are calling us, so we gotta go. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Tell me.